Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 1, verse 57 through 80. Zacharias was, as we saw before, a priest and had a very, very unexpected day. And if you remember, Zacharias was of the course of Abijah, one of 24 courses of priests. And so every two years, he'd get an opportunity to go down to Jerusalem to see if he was going out of the probably 700 or more priests in his course to see if he would get an opportunity that year to serve within the temple, which would have been less than 10% of the guys who went up each year who would get the opportunity to serve, and his lot was drawn that he would get to serve. What's more is that when they came to that point in the day when it was going to be the time to burn incense before the Lord, they would always make the call, all who are new, come, and, and he was new. He'd never done it before. Only those who had never done it before. It was a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and it, the lot fell for him to burn incense. Of course, the Proverbs tells us that, you know, the lot cast in the lap, but the decision is the Lord's. And so here we see that he was put in that place where he goes before the Lord. The, the job was basically to go in to light the incense, to say a quick prayer, and then to come out. We're talking a minute tops. But Zacharias was in there for quite some time. Because an angel, the angel Gabriel, appeared to him and said, Zacharias, your prayer has been answered. He says, your wife Elizabeth is going to bear a son, and you shall call his name John, and he will be mighty, and he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he's going to be called the prophet of the Most High. All these things, and, and Zacharias is, is taking all this in, and he basically says, nah, there's no way. My wife, she's well stricken in years, and I'm no spring chicken. That's my paraphrase. I'm, I'm not a young man myself. And so the angel says, because you didn't believe these things, you're going to be mute until all these things come to pass. And of course, Zacharias comes out of the, the temple and he stands before the people and they all expect him to give the priestly benediction. The Lord bless thee, the Lord keep thee, the Lord make his face to shine upon thee, may his countenance be, you know, all that stuff. And, and he doesn't, he can't talk and they perceive, you know, they wondered why he was in the temple for so long. Now they perceive that he's seen a vision or, or something. And so Zacharias goes home, and his wife becomes pregnant. She hides herself for five months until the time that she's showing that she's actually pregnant. You know, she says in that time, remember that the angel said that she who was called barren to marry later, but Elizabeth says to herself, now my, my, my reproach that's been among people will be taken away. And so she's been reproached by people, and now she's pregnant. And so this, this shame that she's felt all these years because she was barren has been lifted. Well, in the meantime, of course, the angel then goes 
six months later to Beth, or not to Bethlehem, but to Nazareth, where he speaks to Mary and tells her that there's going to be a, a baby born in her, conceived in her, when the power of the Most High comes upon her, that she's going to conceive in her womb, and he is going to be the son of the highest, that he's going to be God in flesh. And so Mary says, hey, let it be according to your will. And one thing that the angel said to her was that your cousin also, in her old age, is conceived and is going to bear a son. Now, he didn't give her any more details than that, but he tells her because with God nothing is impossible. And so Mary, she, t- she makes haste and she goes up to the hill country of Judea where her cousin Elizabeth lives. And she, she, she walked in the door and as she greeted Elizabeth, Elizabeth says, you know, why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should visit me? For the moment I heard the voice of your greeting, the babe leaped in my womb. So John did a jumping jack in his mother's womb and, 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 and recognized that Jesus was conceived inside of Mary already. And, and of course, she blesses Mary, and, and then Mary gives the Magnificent and all that. And, and of course, Mary stayed with her up until the birth. And I don't know if she stayed during the birth or she left right before, but that's where we find ourselves in Luke chapter 1, verse 57. And it says, Now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. Now, this has drawn some attention. She has a pregnancy. She's an old woman. Everybody's excited. All her neighbors, all her friends, they all, all her relatives come together to rejoice with her because she is no longer barren. She has her prayers answered. She is now going to be a mama. But it makes me wonder how many of those friends and relatives and neighbors were there to grieve with her during her years of barrenness. You know, I I think about that because in Romans chapter 12, verse 15, it tells us to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And this is actually kind of a tall order because I think about, you know, even the years of, of barrenness that my wife and I experienced, those first seven years or really eight years of marriage, as we waited on the Lord for those things, and, and how difficult it was every time a friend or a relative or a neighbor made the announcement, I'm pregnant. And it was like a stab in the heart to the barren woman. And yet to make yourself Rejoice with those who rejoice, because it's a joyous thing. You know, praise the Lord. That's awesome. It's not always easy to rejoice with people who are rejoicing. When you're sick, and then you hear that somebody in the church was sick, and they got healed, what about me? And, and it's hard to rejoice for them when you are yourself are waiting for healing or waiting for the Lord to do something in your life. It, it's a difficult thing when you're going through financial struggles, and the Lord miraculously provides for somebody else. Or, or they just are doing well, or you have a crummy old beat-up car and you really need a new car, and then your, your friend gets a brand new car. And you don't want to rejoice. You want to say, well, how come they're getting a new, can they even afford it? You know, I mean, we, we want to be critical, right? And yet, yet the, the, the text specifically says, rejoice with those who rejoice. 
But then there's also the other side, weep with those who weep. Now, there, there are going to be people who are close to you, and I don't think that it's just everybody in the world, you know, I mean, it's, that'd be impossible, but when somebody close to you is going through a hard time, it's easy to avoid them. It's easy to stand back and say, I, I just can't, I can't take the time, or I don't know what to say. You don't need to say anything, just weep with them, you know. To be there for them in their time of sorrow, in their time of trouble. You know, when you see the barren woman at the the baby shower, and and you see that she's smiling, she's putting on the smile, and she's celebrating with the other people, but then when she goes home, she's going to have a hard time. And and you know that, and so you go and sit with her, or or whatever, you know, and and weep with her. You know, these are things that we don't think about oftentimes. But Paul says to do both. And, and it's my belief that when we decide, consciously make that effort to weep with those who weep, to rejoice with those who rejoice, maybe we don't feel like it, maybe it's, it's not in us, but we do it out of obedience to the Lord, that we open ourselves up, really, for the Lord to bless our own lives. And I think that that's a spiritual secret that we need to understand. And so everybody's there rejoicing verse 59 it says so it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child and they would have called him by his father's name Zacharias his mother answered and said no he shall be called John but they said to her there is no one among your relatives who is called by this name and so in those days it was the eighth day of course that they circumcised the baby and that was because that's when the vitamin K in the body is the highest and you don't have to have a vitamin K shot if you get it done on the eighth day that's what they've learned. And so they they take they they would circumcise the baby on the the eighth day and when they circumcised the baby that's when they would name him. Now we tend to name children sometimes before they're born, right? I mean it's almost a rare thing for for somebody to to wait for the baby to be born to find out what the the gender is, you know, and that's, you know, that's that's just a, a rare thing anymore. What they do nowadays, and I don't know if you've ever been to one of these. I just recently went to one, a gender reveal party, where the parents don't know, and they have little cannons or something, they have a cake or whatever. When they cut it open, it's blue inside or it's pink inside, or the they have little cannons and they they pull. The, it's kind of a fun thing. You go and they have, you know, you write down boy names, you write down girl names, you you write down your vote. Like you get a sticker that says it's a boy, and then other people have a sticker that's a girl, and then you're all kind of like no, 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 and then we wait until the moment when the cannon is pulled or the cake is cut or whatever happens, and then it's pink or blue. And then you celebrate and everybody's shocked, you know, and all the people who said it's a boy like I did get bragging rights. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.